This is your new morning routine. Cap and J-Hood. Follow Cap J-Hood on Twitter and Instagram. Watch the show on Twitch. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago. Stream the show on the ESPN Chicago app on ESPN 1000. And now on FM at 100.3 HD2. Now, now, now. On Chicago's Home for Sports. David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood. Good morning, everyone. Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Welcome in to the Captain J. Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. With David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you. We've got Shay, we got Charlie, we got Johnny the Beatman, and we got you for a three hour ride on this Deal Breakers Thursday. What open phone lines for you at 312 332 ESPN? Already a fine. 312 332 3776 is our telephone number. Good morning, Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash ESPN Without Chicago. Thanks so much for keeping the conversation going on Twitch and watching this show and every show on Twitch brought to you by Connie's Pizza. And Cap. You know, the one thing that everyone's talking about, not just here at ESPN 1000, thank you very much for t- putting that dollar in for Bernie'sBookBank.org. Can't even get the show started. My can't even, get the, can't even I, get the intro started and the phone rings. I came in Restaurant and we've quality. been talking yeah. and then forgot to turn the ring around. Restaurant quality broadcasting as usual, right there. Dollar for Bernie'sBookBank.org. There you go. Nonetheless, we take a look at the Chicago Bears, and not just here. I know you've been hearing this on SiriusXM and on the television shows. People are just intrigued. See, this is why when people were telling us on Bears Monday, the number one pick doesn't mean anything. This whole thing with the number one pick, I mean, it's just, I mean, you see these busts for the number one pick. Hang on a second, Charlie. Here's what you got to understand. The number one pick means that the world is your oyster. Whatever you want to do with that number one pick. You want to trade down. You want to keep that pick. You want to be able to put whatever you want in that pick. It's, it is you really controlling the draft at the top when you're the number one pick in the draft like the Bears have. Somebody right? said, correct. Somebody said to me yesterday, why not just draft the quarterback that you evaluate as the best, take them both to camp, work them out, and then figure it out. I'm like, that's not how it works a quarterback becomes the leader of your football team. He is the most important person in your building. Yes. And the team looks back and goes, I'm following that dude. Or I'm not following. And if they don't follow, it means you need a new quarterback. Mm-hmm. Guys didn't want to follow Cutler. That's why it never worked. He had all that ability. It never worked. You cannot bring... Justin, say hi to Bryce. Bryce Young, say hi to Justin Fields. May no. the best man win. It doesn't work that way. Mm-mm. What is going to happen is Ryan Poles will do his due diligence. They will go to the combine. They will bring their allotted, I think it's 30 different guys through Hallis Hall. There will be quarterbacks coming in. If you go back and look at the timetable of when these deals go down, late March, early April. You're not going to see a trade tomorrow. Chicago's traded the number one pick or they've traded Justin. Not going to happen. Not working that way. As they go through and do their due diligence, they're going to say, okay, I'm trading with you. Here's what I have to have. You don't want it? Okay, next up. Who wants the number one pick? Here's the price. And when someone meets 
an extraordinary price that Ryan Poles deems is right, he will pull the trigger. Justin Fields will be and should be your quarterback. There's no question about that. But along with that, though, when you and I are on the same page, and, and many are on the same page, that feel that Justin Fields should be the guy, that should be the quarterback, I don't believe in outdumbing the room. You don't have to parade around general manager meetings saying, look how smart I am. I was able to trade Justin Fields, and we have the best quarterback on the board, and we got these picks and that pick. Listen, when it's so difficult to find the guy, the quarterback position is the most important position in the National Football League. Everyone covets a guy, someone that can say, that's the cornerstone. We have to worry about him. We just got to build around that guy. It's so vital to every football team. Ask some teams that don't have one how difficult this is, right? Ask the Houston Texans. They're trying to piecemeal it together with Davis Mills. But you know that more than likely they'll say, all right, we've seen enough. we got to move on. And so that's what you have to do. But there's pressure in that for the head coach, for the general manager, and for the quarterback in that spot, isn't it? Look through the – you're correct. Look through the top of the draft, top ten picks. How many of those teams need a quarterback? Mm-hmm. How many of them? The Raiders, they gave Derek Carr a lot of money. They brought in a quarterback guru in Josh McDaniels. Now they're going to reset again. Do they sign a 45-year-old Tom Brady and try and win quick? Or do they pay a huge price to go up from, I believe they're eight, all the way up to one or two or three to get said quarterback? And there's no guarantee that any of those guys are going to work out. Better than Derek Carr worked out. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so difficult that if you get one, you do not move on. You don't trade Justin Fields because he had lousy talent around him on a horrible football team. You build around him. Yes. He's beloved in that building. Mm-hmm. Okay, Mitch was beloved. Didn't work out. Right. Justin's a better player. He's a great leader. Get him some freaking talent and let's go. You know what's interesting, though, about this, Cap, and it, we scratch our heads collectively as a show sometimes when we start to see these firings, mm-hmm. especially around the NFL. Like, boy, you only gave this guy a year? God, you only gave this guy a couple years? The reason why that some GMs and some ownership is trigger-happy is because of the pressure. The pressure, Cooker, of the NFL. Man, if we don't turn this around right away... We're going to start losing fans. We're going to start losing interest. People are not going to be, want to be able to consume our product. So there's pressure there. And for Ryan Poles, even though this is year two for him, and this is going to be year two as a full-time starter for Justin Fields, and a year two for Matt Eberflus, all those guys have pressure because, as we always say on the show, nothing galvanizes a city like the Chicago Bears. Cub fans and Sox fans agree they come together for the Chicago Bears. Hawks fans and Bulls fans come together because of the Chicago, uh, Chicago Bears. So there's a lot of pressure in that position, even in year two. All right, you had your one year to lose and to tank the season. But now it starts to ratchet up, isn't it? Now the heat's on to find out what you're going to do this offseason. If they're 3-14 and 14 next year, they're probably, after another 3-14, and 14, If they've added some pieces around Justin and it doesn't work, it's probably going to blow back on him. Mm -hmm. That's how I look at it. Now, if Justin goes out and has a really good year and they didn't have enough talent around him and they were injured, well, then the pressure goes to the head coach, the OC, and the GM. 
I believe Justin's the guy, and that five years from now, we're going to sit here, and a 28-year-old Justin Fields, people are going to be, can you believe we doubted that guy? Right. But if they go out next year, and they're awful, and he's awful, oh boy, now you've got real issues. So the question to Ryan Poles the other day when he met the press was, what does success look like? Because this is where we're leading in our conversation this morning. We talk about pressure and we talk about this year being the year where you evaluate your level of franchise. All right, let's just clear the books here. Let's get some money. Let's get some draft picks. Let's try to reimagine this organization and this franchise. What does success look like, Ryan Poles? As we reflect on the season, I think when I started uh, in the very beginning, I talked about a mentor of mine asking, what does success look like if you took wins and losses? And you put that to the side for a second. And I did that. And it was really about the foundation that we built this year. I was excited about that. I was excited about the the progress that we made. Um, I think two things can be true, too. I think you can be disappointed in the the losses, right? That's not what we're here to do. Uh, It hurts. I joked earlier, like, it feels like part of your football soul gets ripped out when you got to do it over and over and over again. Um, But the resilience that this organization showed was outstanding. Uh, In our all-staff meeting, I handed out, this in the very beginning of the season it was just a a building block that in the shape of a lego and i talked about the entire organization doing what it takes to stick together um because i knew how important it was to build a foundation that was rock solid it wasn't on something that was shaky that would fracture and that really everyone bought into that and i was excited about that i know that we're in a healthier situation now than we were before Mm. and we're excited about where we're going how about that the general manager plays with Legos. Go ahead. They love Legos. <laughs> love them. When he says we're in a healthier place than we were before, mm-hmm. they're in a healthier place not because the roster's better, because he's cleaned all the so-called dead wood. And that doesn't mean Roquan's not a good player or Khalil Mack or Robert He hit the reset button. Yeah, I don't take that literally. I understand what you mean. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I like, know what you mean. Like, Khalil's a really wonderful player. It wasn't going to work here. Having a 32-year-old pass rusher making what he makes wasn't going to make us better. So that's what he means. We're in a healthier position. We hit the reset button. Now, let's move forward. It is a, it truly is a new era of Bears football. Everything's going to be fresh and different. We've got, we may not have the stadium built by the end of the year. But we'll know they're going there by the end of the year. They're going to sound a whole lot different. And they're going to look a whole lot different. So we have two players that we hear from every day on the station, and Yurko and Waddle. They know the pressure as a player. You're the only one in our building every day that knows the pressure of coaching. You're the only one here that we have here every day that can speak to the pressure of coaching. Assistant, head coach, every day, you've got to be able to work toward a goal. So what is that like for Matt Eberflus, that pressure of and these, the coaching staff or someone above me, or in your case, the athletic director or the other coaches have pressure on you to succeed? So what is that like? It is the most frustrating and exhilarating thing at the same time. Like, nobody knows that you're in the office at midnight trying to figure out how can we beat Eastern Michigan, and then you lose because official makes a bad call or you think it's a bad call. 
player has a layup and he misses it. We got a wide open shot. How did we miss that? What do you mean you didn't guard that guy? It drives you insane. And then every know-it-all the next morning when you go get breakfast, Coach, what are you doing? Why didn't you do that? Were you in the office till midnight? Do you think we're stupid? We didn't tell our kids, don't follow that guy. Do you think we're that dumb? But that that's what drives coaches insane. You think you put everyone in position, and then you wake up, and you're like, oh, i got to get ready for Central Michigan now. Oh, my God, we have a game at Wisconsin in two days? We're going to get crushed. We look terrible. Everyone else goes about their day, and they just turn the game on and think you're a moron. It's, it's really frustrating. I understand why Theo would go nuts. You guys in the media have no idea what you're talking about. None. What we go through. We're not stupid. But it comes off that way. Mm-hmm. It sucks at times. And so that's probably what Matt Eberflus, even though this is just his first year, be, be, you know, he's a D.C. for a long time, but being a head coach, I know that's got to feel completely different. Lying or trying to mislead the media so you don't want anything to leak out. Right. Say, you know, saying things and doing things, just trying to get through the day. That's what Eberflus is going through. And again, purposely misleading because he doesn't want anything to get out. He just wants to stay Solid as a team. Whatever's happening internally, it's got to stay internal. Like we are, I was t- discussing with Shay. He d- he's a Patriots fan. Mm-hmm. Can we please get Matt Patricia out of here? He's an idiot. I guarantee you that guy's spending 16 hours a day in the facility. I don't care. Get him out. He's an idiot. No, don't bring this up because I'm going to get mad. And we're not doing radio in Boston. I, the I, fact I, he hasn't been fired already is a sham. He was a horrible head coach in Detroit. He treated players wrong. Then he had a soft landing with Belichick's different situation. I don't care if he's grinding 27 hours a day. Get out. We had the worst red zone offense in the league. Get out. Get out. 714 here on the Sports Hub. Yeah, exactly, in Boston. But that's my point. That's my example. These guys are not stupid. He is not an idiot. He's an intelligent man who works hard at his craft. It didn't work for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. That's what drives them up there insane. Because the people, the noise from the outside, Mm -hmm. us, fans, they don't, we don't have any idea what goes on in that room. None. It's it sh- and it should stay internal. Yes. When somebody leaked Kirby Smart screaming to his team, mm-hmm. that shouldn't be public. Shame on whoever leaked it out. I thought it was awesome. Yes, but shame on them. That is between the Georgia Bulldogs and his head, the head coach. Right. That's it. That's right. That's it. And that's what drives coaches and executives crazy. So we talk about pressure this morning. And so, Shay, let's open the phone lines here. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. On your ride in to work, we want you to answer this question for us. So, pressure. We talked about Ryan Poles. We heard from Ryan Poles. You know about Justin Fields. You know about Matt Eberflus, the head coach for this football team. Who is under more pressure for this upcoming season? It's a great question. Who's under more pressure? Is it the general manager? Is it the quarterback? Or is it the head coach? Because this is about being able to be successful eventually with this franchise. You start at three and fourteen. This is this is the beginning. Now, who's on? Who's under more pressure to get this right for the upcoming season? Poles, Fields, or Eberflus? And as it fits into that, I have a question. When we come back, I'm going to ask you. It relates to pressure. 
So, and then we'll take calls. So 312-332-ESPN is our telephone number. Jump in on our conversation about the Bears. Captain Jay Hood, weekday mornings at 7. That's why I say no shot with Cap and J Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Good morning and welcome <laughs> in to the Cap and J Hood Morning Show here on ESPN 1000. I got a little fired up. And streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. What potty mouth David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you. Here I'm on sorry, a I did not mean that. Deal Breakers uh, Thursday. Thank God for the dump button. Still to come, we'll have Deal Breakers. You'll never know what you get from Deal Breakers. You never know what you're going to get from Cap from uh, segment to segment. And nonetheless, it's now time for Shot or No Shot. And it's brought to you by the fine folks over at... Uh... Here's Shay Norland. Good morning, Secretariat. Get a good run in this morning, buddy. Get your ass back to TVG. You're, you're not running today. My God. There's no, there's no partner yet. Wait, he's he can't come out. He's just excited. No, we can't come out until there's a partner on the show. Again, we got valuable real estate here. Shot or no shot? But do you know how horses get? They get a little excited. That's true. That's it. Do you, do you bet on horses that are a little jittery? Like yeah. you, you put the bet in, but then you see them and you know moving around. And they can't, you can't control them. Like oh god, does that? Make you a little nervous? No, the ones that bother me are when they look really sweaty just before the race. Mm-hmm. They're a little washed out. They may have left their best work in the you know, little morning gallop that they get. Yes. I see. The Horses sweat? Yes. They glisten? You, see, you see them glistening and they haven't been hosed down after the race? I'm talking before. They may be washed out. You know who else gets hosed down after the race? Cap. Yes, no question about that. That was the old coach of me right there. I was fired up, man. By the way, that's $10 for the F word. That's $10. Unbelievable, really. If you did, if you missed it, if you're just joining us for Shot or No Shot, Cap had a little F-bomb slip on the air last segment. Because he had really talented effing players. $10. I heard they're already they're in the Hall of Fame taking his plaque down as we speak. $10. Can't do that. Unbelievable. For Bernie'sBookBank.org. They got really talented effing players. Take that. Oops. I think I said something wrong there. You think? <laughs> Holy cow. What's the matter with you? Boy, oh, boy. Coach Kaplan, he comes out every now yeah, and then. because our producer, Jimmy Haslam, the owner of the Browns, he'd have a new coach every two years if he was an owner. Ah, <laughs> oh, what do you mean? Get him out. Get another one. Here's Shay Norling. How much do I owe? The Bears are finalists for the HBO hit show Hard Knocks. If you're not familiar, the show follows a team that meets a certain set of criteria throughout training camp. That criteria is missed playoffs in consecutive seasons, head coach in a second season or later, and haven't been on Hard Knocks in a decade. The other qualified teams besides the Bears, the Saints, the Jets, and the Commanders. Shot or no shot, the Bears are the best option for Hard Knocks. That's a shot. Justin Fields... This great fan base, we've never done it because they're so averse to doing that. Mm-hmm. Yes, that'd be amazing. You said the Texans and what were the other teams? Texans, uh, Commanders, no, Saints, Jets, and Commanders. Saints, Jets. None of other teams are really interesting. The criteria are haven't been to the playoffs in two years, haven't done the show. And you have to have a head coach second head season coach or later. Is, it has at least one year under his belt. Mm-hmm. I would say the Bears are the best of that. I'm just looking at the teams. I don't know if there's anything as interesting and as compelling as the Bears out of that list. So I would say... Maybe the Jets with the Zach Wilson fiasco. 
that would be fun to watch. No, because if he's crappy or whatever, then they just move on. It's just what's Salar gonna say? Yeah, Salar gonna say anything? No, I I think the Bears are the absolute slam dunk number one choice. Justin is the thing. That's the thing. That's the the shining star out of all of that. I can see. Yeah. So I would say Bears. That would be a shot. That'd be great. Brisker would be a star. As long on as that the show. as long as it's the one preseason. Now, I don't want the season long Bears. Oh, no, God. I want the in season. Oh. Did anybody I watch the, the in season Cardinals? I did not no. watch. I did not. No. I'm not a hard knocks guy anyway. It, they, they don't ever tell you anything meaningful. You don't really get a lot. And then they focus on these guys who are not even going to make the 53 man roster that just get cut. That's Jack, the story. Jack Sanborn would be a star on the. But but see, that's the story though, Shay. It's not just about stars or X's and O's. It's you're telling. It's storytelling. Danny yeah, no, is that's, a huge hard knocks guy. I, mm-hmm. I know. I'm sure he's driving off the road right now, and I get it because. But my thing is, like, people watch Hard Knocks expecting insight on a team. You're not going to get insight. You're watching a TV show. Oh, that's in, inside the NFL, if you still watch that. That's where you get they your don't insight. don't do that show anymore. Still on. It is. Paramount. Well, I had no idea. It's not very good. I mean, it's James Brown, so it's solid. It's just that it's not like, it's not like, remember the old Edge NFL show you yes. see on Sunday mornings? Yes. You wake up, oh, Palantonio's on there. Sable got the old NFL. Oh, let's take a look. X's and O. You can learn about the game. I remember the old Inside the NFL. It was hosted by the late Len Dawson. Oh yeah, Nick Bonacani. I don't know if he's still alive. Mm-hmm. That was on. There were some really good people on that show. You learned the game that way. You did. It was very good. Yes, Shay. Nearly a year ago, Ryan Poles had his first draft as an NFL GM. Now the returns are starting to come out. Pro Football Focus released their all-rookie team. Bears had three players receive all-rookie honors. Jaquan Brisker, Braxton Jones, and Jack Sanborn. The Bears... Oh, Oh, God. The Bears did not have a first-round pick last year and still got all-rookie honors out of a second-round pick, a fifth-round pick, and an undrafted rookie free agent. So shot or no shot, this speaks to Poles' ability as a talent evaluator. Um, that's a shot. No, that, that that's a sideways shot at polls for asking that question. Is it not? No, I think it, he did a really nice job. If you don't have a first round pick, you get three rookies on the all rookie team. You did a really good job. I would I would say uh, I would say that that's a shot, Cap. Yeah, I would say that that is absolutely a shot. Yeah, yeah. I, like, how do the guys that were on previous? PFF all rookie teams fair. Mm-hmm. You know, look at that. You got to also look at the fact that a lot of teams aren't starting rookies. Mm-hmm. They get an occasional rookie. We had multiple spots where rookies got to play a lot. So I'm looking at some of the names that were on the 2020 all rookie PFF team. There's a few on there that are really really wonderful players, and some you're like. Who's that guy? Never heard of him again. So, <laughs> you know, Shay, here's the, the funny part of that, which you just asked. You know, you should have multiple players on that all-rookie team, especially when Poles said that the Bears led the NFL in rookie snaps by almost 1,000. <laughs> as far as how many, how many snaps these guys had, because you didn't have a lot of veteran talent on the team. So you better have multiple guys on that list. Right. Right? I'm totally just glad great. it's like three of them that were draft eligible this year. Instead of like, because they signed a lot of scrap heap guys, and we knew what it was. They had almost seventy percent roster turnover. I mean, we knew what it was. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But I still think anytime that you like Braxton Jones playing every single snap, 
That speaks more to me to Braxton Jones having a motor and playing through injury. Like, and I'm not denigrating Tevin Jenkins' injuries. I'm sure they were serious. Mm-hmm. Tevin Jenkins is not known to be a guy who plays through being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Braxton Jones did. Yes. There were times he could have been called off when he got destroyed at left tackle by some of the elite pass rushers he had. To he lined up every snap. Yeah. There's a ton of tape on Braxton Jones. Yep. You can evaluate and try to be able to fix whatever is the issue with him if you are an offensive line coach. Plenty of film. Time I'm, after time after time. I'm excited about his future. I just don't know if he's a left tackle next year on a team hoping to ascend and take a step. Shay. All right, it's mock draft season. Yahoo Sports debuted their mock draft with the Bears standing pat and taking Will Anderson out of Alabama, number one overall. Mm -hmm. Shot or no shot, taking a defensive player with the top pick instead of finding a deal to trade down would be a failure. That's a no shot. You do what you want to do with that pick. Um, Ideally, would you like to have more picks? Yes. But if you can't make a deal, you, you don't make a deal just for the sake of making a deal. If the deal is not right for you, then take the best that's on av- available on your board and move forward. Couldn't disagree with my partner more. That is a major fail. You're sitting at number one. You have all these quarterback needy teams saying we've got to find a quarterback. You have Chris Ballard saying I'll move. I agree. I'd move heaven and earth to go get a quarterback. And you're just going to sit there and pluck one defensive player? If you don't turn the number one pick into multiple picks, that is a gross, gross failure in your job. Not a failure. You can't make anybody do anything. You can't make anybody trade with you. There's going to be multiple offers. Yeah, but you can't make anyone trade for you. I mean, it's got to be the right offer. Oh, you're offering me this? Okay, then I'll, I'll hike my skirt and just take whatever you're giving me. That's not how that works. It's, it's all about negotiation. It's not a major failure. If you can't get the, the job done, to get the best available. It's, it's not necessarily about the, the first pick as much as it is multiple picks. The number one pick is great. There's a value to that. But maybe down the line, if you're getting more picks and more value to, for those picks, I'm totally fine with it. it but again, if, if he comes to the press conference after the first round of the draft and says, well, we try to be able to make some maneuvers here, try to go down the draft, it just wasn't right for us, then I understand. Totally understand it. What am I going to do? Be mad? They got the number one pick in the draft. I'll take it. Absolutely. I but want you can- some really good... Go ahead. Effing players on our roster. I, I, thought, I thought he was going to do it again. <laughs> yes. I really thought it was about to happen no. again. And I, I personally believe if he cannot trade that pick... To get me multiple picks or multiple players, and I get one guy in a draft with three quarterbacks that are going to go in the top seven, and I got the number one pick, and I have a quarterback. That is a gross dereliction of duty. No, it's not. A, that's now that's overstating. That's really an overstatement. You can't trade by yourself. Can't trade by yourself. Somebody's going to trade with you. Well, they'll try. They'll try. But if it doesn't work, are you going to come in the, the next day on Friday? What a terrible job by polls. Couldn't get more. Probably will. Well, you know, then uh, then that's a bad job by you because you don't know what's going on in that room. You don't know. You want that. But if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Can you also say, though, that if you don't get the offers that you're really looking for, you didn't do a good enough job smoke screening? Like if everybody's lowballing you because they just know you have to trade that pick, then you didn't do a good enough job thinking – Making people think you might do something different. 
That, that absolutely can factor in. That can factor into it. Absolutely. I think that's, I think that's uh, well said. But at the same time, though, like you, again, you can't make these deals. You can't make anybody trade anybody. Can't do it. You have to be able to have a dance partner. I'm going out there. I'm going to go to prom by myself, and I'm just going to dance. You look kind of awkward dancing by yourself. Um, dance with someone. Find somebody. Stop. Yeah, it's like, we're already putting the stamp on them now. If you don't do more on day one, dereliction of duty, bad job. Absolutely not. Let's take a look at the totality of the draft and see what he does for the draft. See what he does. Day one is going to be big, but the entire draft I'm looking forward to. Uh, Sonny Weaver Jr., man, he sprinkled some fairy dust and he came back with not one, not two, three impactful players for his roster. That's what I want. Shay. And ultimately, that movie was about Johnny Manziel. That movie was so, awesome. so, so he failed. Phenomenal. Go ahead. Oh, I mean, the movie to you might be phenomenal, but ultimately, the whole movie is based on Johnny Manziel. How'd that work out? Coming up next, we go around the NFL. Stories from around the NFL we'll get to. And don't forget, it's a Deal Breakers Thursday on Captain J. Hood. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitter at ESPN1000. Cap and Jay Hood are back on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's Home for Sports. We all have to make choices in sports and in life. It could be running on third down. You ran the same third down situation, and you ran the same play twice. You're getting paid for that. I cannot believe the call. Or managing finances. This country, you've got to make the money first. Or... It could be a deal breaker. I'm Doug Llewellyn, and this is the case here on People's Court of the Wrong Show. It's not Doug Llewellyn? It is not. No Judge Wapner? No Wapner. No Rusty the Bailiff? No Rusty, no Judge Judy. It is Deal Breakers with Snorling. Brought to you by... That is brought to you by Snorling. S-E-O level up. My guy, Tommy Seilheimer. Go to SEOLevelUp.com if you would like to get your search engine optimization for your company where it needs to be. Trust me, they're the best. SEOLevelUp.com. Snorling. All right, boys, let's get started with Deal Breakers. Your partner suggests that you should turn your marriage into an open relationship. I saw this story in the New York Post. You agree reluctantly, but set ground rules that you will be forthright about any other partnerships. You'll be honest with each other. You'll let each other know what's going on when you're going on dates, whatever you're doing. Your partner is later fired from their job for hooking up with coworkers, and you weren't aware of any of it. Do you leave? Hooking up with coworkers. Wow, sloppy. Not, not even going out to fish and, and go out into the real world. Just in the office, huh? Is this the police officer? Police woman. Yes. So go ahead. Yeah. She was uh, amorous with multiple other officers. Yes. Six uh, of them. Yeah. She was She was get, going to pound town. Is that what you said? She was a... Uh, Listen, respect the game, man. She was... A, <laughs> but she had holy a cow, talent. pick a better spot. Don't, yeah. don't blank where you eat. Yeah, I agree I, with that. Yeah, I'd be gone. I would not participate in the said open marriage, so I'd be gone then. Absolutely. But if you were in one where you agreed and will be honest and forthright about what happened and find out that six of her fellow officers are uh, lined up, yeah, no. no. What, do you mean li- what do you mean lined up? I don't understand. She was a talented person, apparently. What was her talent? Shake. Not th- you're not going to have a conversation with me about this? What was her talent? Go ahead. 
Give me orally more. proficient. Good God. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> Good God. I tried to keep it clean. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that was clean. That was so clean, it might have been more dirty than if you had just said something we had to dump. That was horrifying. I didn't like that at all. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Very good. Very good, Cap. You all right, pal? Yeah, I'm good. So she was a dentist? No. Talking about her hygiene? Is that oral hygiene? Is that what you're talking about? So okay. she, so this is no... So you, so we're not gonna have a conversation. I don't know. You're gonna get me in trouble. How? I'm just having a conversation with you. You don't want to talk to me? That's fine. I want to talk to you. All right. Well, let's talk about it. So, what do you think of that? What if she was one of your coworkers? Not here, GM. <laughs> I'm just asking the question. It's just two dudes talking. That's it. So? Yeah, with four million people listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a deal breaker. Of course, I agree with you. There would be the open marriage thing is just not going to work. And not, then on, on, on top of that, just like so, this is what you do. You're you're an officer. Correct. Mm, you need to focus. Two eleven in progress. Oh, I'm busy right now. <laughs> 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 <It's, I guess. laughs> Listen, then you're in TMZ. You've seen those articles. Yes. Wow. Don't talk with your mouth full. A lot of police officers get into business and forget to turn the radio off. Maybe just turn the radio off. Again, respect the game. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't crap where I eat. But I respect your game. Just shut the radio off. Keep it a little more private. Shut the radio off. They never did that on Adam 12, did they? One Adam 12. No answer. (laughs) No answer. One Adam 12. Cat in a tree. One Adam 12. All right, I'm back. (laughs) Shay, you have a sibling who is, for lack of a better term, a deadbeat. They constantly struggle to find a steady job. They have nothing but dead-end relationships, live paycheck to paycheck, as opposed to your successes both personally and financially. When your mother passes away, though, she leaves 90% of the estate to your sibling because of the inequities. How do you react to this? Is it deal breaker for the family? Or one of your siblings? Right, if she's already passed away, it's not like you can air your grievances. Well, not not with the, the person who passed away, but definitely this. Well, here's the thing. So in that situation, so the person's dead. You can't argue with a corpse. So you just be bitter because you didn't get, you only got 10%. And the other, and the other sibling got 90. Is that how you... You just said, right? All right, well, let's make an alteration. She's on, uh, she's on the deathbed. She's in hospice, as okay. Cap would say. Okay. And you get a hold of the will, and you see 90% of the estates going to your sibling because of your inequities. You're more successful, so you deserve less. Mm, well, well, it's a nil, not a deal breaker with someone on their deathbed because they're going to be passing away soon. Correct. I'm going to be mad and bitter with someone in the bed. Right. You're just trying to make them comfortable. Correct. I mean, you, you're probably pissed off about it internally, but what else can you say? And I'm sure there's a back and forth between if it's a brother-sister situation where it's like, I can't believe that you got all this and I got nothing. Well, I would think that before the person was on their deathbed, yeah. that you would have had the discussion. Like, my kids know if I go, here's how it's going. Right. Period. Mm-hmm. I treat them equally. Yeah. But if I wasn't... I just want you to know I don't respect the choices that you've made. 
and I don't trust what you're going to do with what I'm leaving you, so I'm leaving 90% of it to so-and-so. It sucks, but what, the, the, do you stop talking to the sibling in that spot? It's not the sibling's fault. It's what the person who passed away, who's going to pass away did. Correct. It's not, a, it's not your sibling. Correct. They didn't do it. Correct. What if they did do it? What if they convinced mom to make a change in the will? And mom was not of sound mind and body? Then you're going to court. Yep. It's a mess. Yep. Been there. It's gnarly. It's tough. You and your girlfriend are moving in together, but there's a situation that needs to be resolved before you do. She's allergic to dogs, not to the point of, like, actively endangering her health, but enough that she'll constantly be battling sinuses and hives. She tells you before you move in, you need to get rid of your dog. She's out. Deal breaker. See you later. Gone. I'm a dog person. My dogs are as important as anyone in the family. Sorry, you're out. The dog has some issues, but how old is the dog? Shay, how old is the dog in that spot? It's just a normal dog. Five, four, five. Got a long life left. You've been with it a while. Is she hot? That's up to you, Hoodie. <laughs> she's your girlfriend. She's be- beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Well, I don't know if this, she's just a stopover. Is she a layover or? Can't possibly be. You're thinking about moving in together. Things are pretty serious. That's the implication here. You know, there's a lot of uh, ways to go that in that direction, Shay. It could be the... She's my roommate because I need her to split half the rent. That right. helps financially. Or I'm in love with her and I want to take it to the next level. Yes. That's what I don't know. I would not get rid of my dog. I would not. You always will choose the dog over a hot woman or your girlfriend. I would not get serious with someone if she was not all into dogs with me. Like my wife huh? and I both love our dogs. Mm-hmm. And... There's no chance that I would have married someone who said, yeah, I hate dogs. I, I'm allergic. I'm not having them. Okay? And I'm out. Right. It would never progress to the next level. Because the dog is part of you. Correct. I see. I see. Charlie agrees. He agrees. He gives you a big a big old yawn. He goes, I agree. Thank you, Charlie. Oh. Thanks. <laughs> yep. She's out. Uh, yes. Not the dog. How about that, Shay? I mean, so... What about you and, and Mrs. Norling? We're both dog people. We have a dog, big-ass dog, 100-pound dog we love. But she was into dogs, too? She, I was not into dogs. I'd never had one. Okay. And I always kind of wanted one, but I just had never had one. And then she was a dog family. So okay. she said, when we get married, we're going to get a dog. And I didn't know what to expect, but now I can't imagine life without one. So, yeah, if... It, if God forbid I were in the market again and a girl said she didn't want to have dogs in the house, you're out. I'm going to have dogs in the house. Like this whole retirement thing from TV. Mm-hmm. I come home in the afternoon and all three are waiting by the door for me now. Absolutely. It's amazing. Yep. We watched it's Law your and companion, Order. man. We watched Law and Order yesterday. We watched Tulsa King. I finished that season and they were all there sitting watching with me. Something I never understood. I always thought it was really odd, like people who would be friends with their dogs and then i got a dog and it's like i understand that level of companionship i understand being friends with an animal like that makes sense to me now i can't imagine not having that it's the greatest there you go there you go hello spot how are you pal that'd be either yoshi sparky or stanley for me can you can you tell the difference between the barks i mean oh yeah what do you mean sparky doesn't bark a lot Mm -hmm. stanley does not stop barking Yoshi, he's gotten older. He's over 15. 
Mm-hmm. He doesn't bark as much. He'll give you a little whine here or there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can tell. So, Stan- <coughs> so Stan- Stanley's more like you. <coughs> yes, I see. The Bulls lose to the Wizards last night. Also, two is out for the Dolphins. Lamar Jackson, a long shot to play for the Baltimore Ravens. We're in the middle of deal breakers. Do we have another? Do we have another? Got one more, yeah. All right, we'll get to that coming up next. And don't forget, we got a special announcement coming your way at 9 o'clock. Captain J. Hood, weekday mornings at 7. This is breaking whoa, news whoa, whoa, whoa. on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. We turn now to veteran scribe Shane Norling with breaking news here on Cap and Jay Hood Shay. Uh, Ian Rappaport just put on Twitter sources the Bears are expected to name Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren as their new president and CEO, a major hire for the organization and for Warren, who spent time in the NFL prior to college football as the top executive for the Vikings. The Bears got their new president, How about Kevin that? Warren. Love it. Absolutely love this. That is a quality, quality hire with a proven track record of building a facility. And he got the job because he was the best candidate for the job. Very cool to see. They shopped at the top shelf. We mentioned this before about the mood changing at House Hall. We talked about how big this offseason would be. You're 3 and 14. You have the number one pick in the draft. You have to have someone to replace Ted Phillips. You have a new stadium in place pretty soon here in Arlington Heights. And now the Chicago Bears have Kevin Warren as the president of the Chicago Bears. How great is that? How great is that? It's a dawning of a new age because Phillips has been in that position for such a long time. He's been raked over the coals for a long time, saying, hey, we can't have a financial guy as a football evaluator. You know what? Ted said, that's enough. I'm going to retire. I'm going to step aside. And you talk about a home run of a hire in Kevin Warren. Home run. As we talked about, because the speculation had been out there, there's nothing else for Kevin Warren to prove in the Big Ten. He got all the TV deals done. The television deals are done. Some of the Pac-12 teams are coming over to the Big Ten. He'd just be sitting in his office moving pencils around. Yeah, he'd be presiding over the Big Ten. And the Big Ten, again, financially, they're taken care of. They will go head-to-head with the SEC as far as money, power, um, the football action that you see every Saturday. But Kevin Warren did the job. And so now this is the next step, going back to his NFL roots and now being able to take over the charter franchise, Chicago Bears. I'm over the moon about it. Outstanding. Tremendous hire, and I applaud the people in Lake Forest because obviously they are willing to spend at the top of the market. That man makes over $6 million a year in the Big Ten. They are obviously giving him a long-term commitment they're putting money there, and with his track record of building a stadium, it's obvious they're headed to Arlington Heights. We've known that. This just solidifies it. Kevin Warren was previously the chief operating officer of the Minnesota Vikings and was the highest-ranking African-American executive working on the business side for an NFL team. There's history to be made here with this announcement as well. In 2015, Warren became the first African-American chief operating officer of an NFL team. Warren played uh, basketball in college as well. And a guy that went to business and law school and graduated, started his career in law, sport agency, and also uh, player career management. The guy has been able to touch both sides of of the scale as a player. 
and also as an executive. It, History has been made at Hallis Hall. It is absolutely a phenomenal hire. There is not one thing that you could say negative about this hire. Every, as we said the other day, it's a new era of Bears football. Number one pick, got a quarterback, got a new president, a stadium's coming. There's a lot to love. Thank you, John Yurkovich, for giving us that news. He was saying on the shows just recently that he had heard that Kevin Warren was at the top of the chain and, and would be hired by the Chicago Bears. Yurko, first to be able to put that out there for us here at ESPN 1000, and now it has come to fruition. And Yurk was the first one to tell us when Ozzy was interviewing, or at least meeting with Jerry. So, Yurk, you got a, a nose for the news, kid. Well done. So, because Kevin Warren is in this position... And let's just go, before we even move forward, let's talk about Ted Phillips, someone that you know. Um, Ted Phillips, longtime um, you know, uh, executive with the Chicago Bears. It's very similar to uh, Crane Kenny with the Cubs, in which maybe Ted's name shouldn't have been in the news as often as far as what's happening with the on-the-field product or maybe even the head coach. But here's the thing, though. Ted had to do that because look at the infrastructure for the Bears. How many times have we said on this show that the Bears, one of the few teams for a long time, didn't even have a general manager? They call him like pro personnel guy, Rod Graves, right? Correct. Mark Hatley, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Rod Graves, who then went become the GM of, I think, the Arizona Cardinals. Right. They did not have a GM since they fired Jerry Venisi until they finally hired Jerry Angelo. And now they're going to have... A bright executive in Ryan Poles. When he got the job, everyone around the league said, but that's a good hire. That's a really good hire. That guy's great. We'll find out. Can he get the job done? Now they have a new direction with Kevin Warren. Number one pick, Justin. It's all trending in the right direction. I just Before we get to Warren further, I just want to close the chapter on Ted Phillips. Now it's official, right? So what do you think of the job that Ted Phillips did? Because I just, I just mentioned a lot of conversation about Ted being in the room to hire a head coach or had comments about personnel, stuff like that. And you know the pushback from Bears fans and from the media. It's like, you're a financial guy. You really shouldn't be talking about personnel, the, the 53, all that. Was that coverage unfair? No, it was not unfair. Here's how I would look at it. Ted's job, number one, was to make the franchise money. Mm -hmm. He was wildly successful at that. That franchise was started for, what, $100? Yeah. It's worth $5.2 billion. Now, again, people will say, well, you're in the NFL. Yeah, you'd have to be an idiot not to make money. The bottom line is that under his tenure, fair or unfair, the value of the franchise is north of $5 billion. Mm -hmm. So he gets a lot of credit for doing a lot of good things in that area. But if you want to evaluate him as the man at the top of the food chain other than George, in wins and losses, it was a failed run. It, that's, there's no other way to put it. He failed. They failed. Yep. He was part of it. Yeah. Not he, they. For yeah. me. Yeah, I understand. He, they failed. They did not win a Super Bowl in his tenure. They got to one. They have had, I think, 20 losing seasons. Out of 23, how many losing seasons have they had over the last 20 years? 16? Yeah. Some, some crazy yeah. number. Those one-off playoff appearances. The pop-ups. Mm-hmm. So he failed to be successful on the field 
wildly successful financially. You know, in some ways, Cap, again, we're going to put a bow on this because we've got to move on to Kevin Warren, but just, just uh, I, I kind of think that because of the infrastructure for the Bears, that they should have had a football person. I'm talking about a football person in that spot as a president of football operations. I just kind of think that Ted, as, as you mentioned, brought a lot of money to the table for the Chicago Bears. That's what he did best. And this is why so many Bears fans looked at Ted and said, he's just here for the money, or the Bears are just here for the money. Because the face of it was about the money. Because that was his job. There wasn't a football guy. This is why over the years, you've taken calls, I've taken calls of fans thought that some of those 85 Bears should have been president of football opera, like Gary Fensick, Singletary, former Bears that flourished after they were done and thought that they should be in that chair. You've heard that for years, right? Yes. And you and I were just like, okay, you take the call, and like I understand the passion, but Ted Phillips is in that position. They weren't going to move Ted out. But this feels different because you have a football person in the chair now that understands the game, understands the business part of it, clearly, because we just documented the whole thing he did with the Vikings in that stadium. But a football person is in that chair now. And a football person is a general manager and a former player in Ryan Poles. That feels different in a good way for the Chicago Bears. It feels good that we have someone who has accomplished something, as you you, use your word, neophyte head coach, neophyte OC, neophyte DC, neophyte general manager. None of them have ever done that job. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean they can't. Everyone has to get a chance. You just hired at the top shelf your president. Someone with experience. Someone who says, okay, I built a stadium or I got it built in Minnesota. He had another NFL team he worked for. He's been a sports agent. Where were the Lions? The Lions. Mm-hmm. He has been a sports agent. He has run the Big Ten and got them. Each school is going to get $100 million a year because of the TV deals he was able to create. Now, he's selling a great product. I understand that. In the end, somebody has to get the job done, and he did. So I tip my cap to them. They did not promote somebody who... Hadn't those doesn't have those credentials? They went and shopped. They went to Neiman Marcus, Saks Fifth Avenue, and went. I like that sweater. I don't care how much it is. Give it to me. And let me just make sure that this is clear. <clears throat> you are speculating how much money this would cost the Chicago Bears. As a fan, and for a lot of fans are listening to our show, they don't care. They want to get the top of the top, and rightly so. I, I don't care how much they're going to pay him, as long as he could be able to usher in this new era of the Chicago Bears. It, it, it could be ten million, it could be twenty million. I don't care how much it is. That's why I always turn a blind eye to that because I always look at the quality person that could be able to lead you to a next generation. Kevin Warren has a lot of experience in that chair. This is not someone that's doing it for the first time. I like that too. Worked with the Rams as a vice president of player programs and football legal counsel. Was the vice president of football administration both with the Rams. The Lions, he was senior vice president of business operations and general counsel. Worked with the Vikings, as we just talked about, from 05 to 14. uh, And Big Ten commissioner. And as we just said, with Big Ten commissioner, it's like, okay, got the TV deal here. What else do I do here? (laughs) Except just getting a check. Let me do something meaningful like, where I could be able to preside over a charter franchise. Like he had work every day where he'd deal with the presidents and the coaches. and yeah. the, the, This will be his greatest achievement. If he builds a palace in Arlington Heights mm-hmm. and presides over a team 
that goes from 3-14 and 14 to Super Bowl champ, that's the stuff that gets you in the Hall of Fame. So, as we've said this, almost as a hallmark on Captain J. Hood, ladies and gentlemen, this is what change looks like. That's what it looks like. You didn't want Pace and Nagy around here anymore? All right, fine. You see that Ted Phillips has retired? It's a new day at House Hall. It, so they check a box that they need to check. President of football operations, check. Now we move on to the rest of this with the draft, free agency, and, of course, the stadium coming up. And I don't think he's president. Of, what is his title? president of the franchise, right? He's right. above Ryan Poles. Yeah, he, of course. He, president yeah. of president of everything. Whatever. Yeah, president. Business, the whole deal. Yeah. I think he's going to tell you at his first press conference, I don't get involved in football operations. Not at all. You know what he's involved in? You know what this is? They hired the stadium builder. Arlington Heights is locked in. That's going to be focus one. Correct. He's going to make sure that Ryan Poles has all... Great to be here. I'm going to make sure that Ryan Poles and his staff have everything they need to be successful. We're going to build you a beautiful stadium. We are going to leave no stone unturned into making this the model franchise in the National Football League. There's his press conference. Let's go to Mayor Lightfoot on line three. Mayor? <laughs> Mayor? 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 Yeah. I almost spit out my coffee hoodie. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Jonathan, yes, I would like to have the kids at the schools. No, start- don't. That's not the joke, Cap. That's not the joke. It's where she spent no, her that's time. Fine. That's fine. That's not the joke. It's where she spent her time. You just, if, listen, WLS is down the road. Go and- work there. That's not the, the joke is, and you missed it as usual. The oh, joke stop. is, you missed it. The no, joke I is, didn't. I didn't. The joke is, well, tell, tell, explain it then. Exactly. The joke is, is that Lori Lightfoot, the mayor, said that, oh, the Bears have to be relevant in October. Well, they don't have to be relevant in October. They're going to be moving to Arlington Heights. That's the reason. That's it right there. She, she said, oh, no question. No question that the, the Bears are going to, they're moving, they're leaving Soldier Field. Yes, they are. Because Kevin Warren now is the president of the Chicago Bears. It's a great day. It's a great day for the Chicago Bears. So the future, gonna, a new era. No question. No question. So the Bears are shopping at the top shelf. Is this a signal of change for the organization? 312-332-ESPN-332-3776 is our telephone number. New president in place, and now other things have to move forward with the Chicago Bears team. We'll get your phone calls in on that. And we did have a special announcement. It wasn't going to be Kevin Warren. It wasn't going to be Kevin Warren. It was another announcement we have, special for the show tomorrow. We'll tell you about it coming up next. Captain Jay Hood on ESPN 1000.